for all my people out there that got a job. I got no sense. I'll eat a plug. Ride around with four bricks. Call me a coupe. 24 Omen. Well, anyways, welcome back to another episode of Bree the Black Sheep. I'm your host, Bree the Black Sheep, the Black Bachelorette. Self-proclaimed. Why? Because I don't want these niggas. These niggas want me. And I cannot get that song out of my head, y'all. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what that little dance is that we do. Yeah, I'm doing it right now. I'm jigging. I'm jigging. Anyways, um, we did it <laughs> when I went out with my girls group and it's one of my favorite videos. But wait, it's like the June bug or some shit like that. I don't know, but that song just gets me hype and it's a little TikTok dance. But it's cute or whatever. Um, yeah, my girls, we went out this weekend. It was fun as shit. Um, my girl Nikki, she had a set up at the hotel across the street from Rainy Street. So we ate on the skyline. We drank. We got, um, we just got high. Felt good. Went to Rainy Street, which I thought was going to be racist as fuck, but they loved us. Like, I've been down there before the pandemic. And they just, they very mighty whitey over there. But uh uh-uh, we had a good ass time. I swear, y'all, we could be doing anything and we we have a good time. Like, we were at the restroom of the Fairmont and we just was turned up in there. <laughs> I swear, those my girls. Even if we just driving and just sitting down, we just have a blast. I fucking love my group. Shout out to the Hive. Also, shout out to my mom because she stopped by this uh, weekend on Friday and she cleaned my entire house for me. She upgraded my bed and put gave me like this fluff thing to go on top and made it like a a higher level up. So my bed is tall as shit. And she did eight loads of laundry for me. So my mom just came over and represented. But the crazy thing was I didn't know she was coming. So when she got there, got to my house, it smelled like a shit ton of weed. And her face, she walked in. I turned around, I'm like, what? And she's like, it stinks in here. But she was professional, and she still did everything. So shout out to you, mom. Sorry, but, you know, I do what I do, and my mental health is important. She's going to tell me, here you go with this mental health white people shit. I need black parents to stop telling black kids that. Stop telling us that it's white people shit that we care about our, our well-being. White people have just been privileged enough to be the only ones who have been able to care about their mental health because they've been fucking enslaving everyone else and terrorizing other people. But we need to focus on our mental health. That ain't no white people shit. That's some, we need to survive shit. Yes, black people got many problems, mama, and racism is very real. But also the small problems we have on a daily basis is real. And just racism alone is the reason we need to check on our mental health. You know what I'm saying? But shout out to you, mom, because she came over here and rolled her eyes and and kept it going and just my whole house just looks amazing I'm a little spoiled ass bitch so yeah let's start the show (laughs) y'all I got a really good uh, episode for you guys I'm actually really excited about it but we gotta bust these nuts real quick because you know I have like my dictivity has been very low this week and also my masturbating has been at an all-time low but I've been pretty happy, so I don't know if that's a correlation or what's going on, but mind your business. Anyways, let's get these nuts off since I ain't getting enough off at home. I had a book 
a book club meeting, you guys, which sounds so, you know, cute and moms coming together, girls coming together, talk about books. It was a mess. <laughs> it was a mess, you guys. Uh, one of my good friends invited me to it and I love her to death. She's white. So my mistake was thinking that my cool white ass friend would have a whole bunch of other cool white ass friends who I could see how she feels like these are cool people, but white people do not realize how entitled they are. And this book club meeting showed that to me. So <laughs> me and my other uh, friend who was in there, who was Hispanic, we were both invited by our friend who was white and all of the people in there were white. And we were reading the book that I have been giving y'all just rants and raves about such a fun age by um, Kylie Reed. I think it is. Uh, please, please double check that. But such a fun age, which is amazing. But basically, the women in the Zoom meeting all hated it. They didn't like the fact that the book had slang in it, which is quote unquote. I mean, quote unquote slang, which is just you know African American vernacular, like just us speaking. And um, they just had so many issues with the book. They didn't like the fact that the black woman in the book didn't stand up for herself, even though she was being terrorized and was the victim of white people treating her like crap and controlling her life it was just a very real moment for me to realize that like <laughs> white people really don't think they racist like they they don't everyone in this group not everyone but the women in this this book club meeting really wanted to demonize the white people in the book so that they didn't have to look within because just in the midst of us speaking about this book, they had done so many microaggressions. One girl asked us, well, you know, she was kind of trying to defend herself for why she didn't like the book. And, and we were stating all these points. And she said, well, do you think the book was written for, for black women? And while that is such a degrading question to ask is because, first of all, the book was written from a black woman's perspective and also a white woman's perspective. And the author was mixed with black and white. So the fact that you thought because... This black woman actually humanized this, the, the black person in the book, spoke how she actually speaks, challenged you to look through the lens of a black person. You thought the book was written for black women and you shouldn't even have to give it a chance. It was like the questions they asked and the things they were saying was so entitled that I just I couldn't get over it. But I was very chill about it because I this is how the whites be white and where I'm at all the time. Like. My friend who was in the meeting, uh, she was not, she was, she was visibly pissed. She was showing it on her face. She went off. She even said that uh, this is why she doesn't read uh, by white authors, which made so much sense because after I read this book, it literally made me want to cry and I couldn't understand why I was so obsessed with it. And it's because it was actually a book written from how a black woman would actually talk like Every time we read books, everybody, we read it from a white person's eyes, point of view. We're speaking it as if how they speak and we're, you know, forming ourselves into the way that they speak and their vernacular. So the fact that they had to do that for a couple of chapters of the book and it irritated them so much. One girl was an English, oh, no, not English teacher. She was a teacher. One of the girls was a teacher and she was saying, well, when I hear the kids in my class speak slang, I guess that's why it's an issue for me because I just feel it's like unprofessional. And I'm like, that's just the way we talk. What makes you feel that, like that's unprofessional? That's a microaggression in itself. Like, but they were very, you know, receptive. They understood what we were saying. They just were so unaware. And like, this brings me to the next net I'm about to get off because 
white people and especially white passing people because i have been having so many issues with white passing people every time i go out let me explain this to y'all white passing people are people who are not technically white or european or whatever the fuck but they are white passing so a halsey type of bitch halsey daddy or somebody is black but she is white passing you would never know that unless you saw her brown nipples which she be talking about She's a white woman, right? White passing. You understand that these people will always be treated differently than a black passing person. If you and your brother and sister got the same mom and daddy, but you came out hella light and you literally look white and your brother is black as Samuel Jackson, y'all will be treated completely different. White passing people. So we had an event with the Hive. I had a book club meeting, so I was late to the event. But there was this white man who was there. He sw- this is my thing. They always come up to you, jump in conversations, take over the spaces of the room and then love to say, I'm not I'm not black. I mean, I'm not white, though, but I'm not white. You know, white people, white people, but I'm not white. And then they start with the nigga this and nigga that. And then like, but this man was like blue eyed, green eyed, whatever, with curly blonde hair. Like he was white, not even like may have been his, but he was the color white. That's what y'all don't understand. You can be Puerto Rican. You could be Dominican, but if you are the color white, your skin is white, you are white. You're just a white passing Puerto Rican or white passing Dominican. That's why people like Cardi B, she is a black passing whatever she is. I don't I don't know what her nationality is and I don't want to get it wrong. She's black passing, so her hair looks black. When you see her, she will be treated like a black woman. She has been treated like a black woman. Period. It's it's a huge difference. And when you don't recognize that privilege, you walk around and do what this nigga did at this event. So we get to this event. I'm telling them about the book club. But, you know, I was really excited about the book club. I know it's just I just ripped it to shreds, but I'm actually really excited for it. And even though it's like emotional labor to have to participate in these conversations, to educate white people, I, I really have been enjoying the books and I'm going to stay in. So I was just telling my friends about it and telling them how I was trying to get the white women to understand our perspective. And this white boy just jumps in and I don't, I never even said hi to him. Don't even know. Just walked in the building, just jumps in. Yeah. And they both blah and white people blah, blah. And I'm just looking like no one's even talking to you. And we start dancing to the music. He starts jumping in, dancing. Like I remember I was talking to Jen one time and she was telling me how she understands like when she goes into spaces with black women she she fucks with Nuck if you buck. These are her songs. Like she loves this music too. Not these are her songs. Like she owns them, but like you know that's her vibe. That's that's what she be listening to. But she's like, I'm not gonna go to these spaces and yell it louder than y'all, twerk harder than y'all in your spaces. I'm not gonna do that. This is y'all music. This was written for y'all, and I love that about her because she's aware. I've never had to check her on that or tell her that. It irks me that every single time, and I brought this up to the group, and they noticed it after I told them. They're like, damn, every time, literally every single time we have ever gone out or had an event, there was a white or white passing person there who overtook the whole event it has happened literally four times in a row every time we've been to our events they always come they see us they like oh my god one one dude came up and was like y'all are the most beautiful black women i have ever seen because i don't see black women like he they just come over and just throw their whole life stories their presence everything on us and it's like dog we came out here to have a good time Please stop thinking that you enjoying us or loving us so much means that you can come over here and enjoy our space with us. We cultivated and created this community for us. Not so every single time we go out, we can make you comfortable and let you know, oh, we know that you like us. Thank you. No, nigga, we like us. We don't care if you like us. And it's irritating that y'all constantly do this. And this is what 
irks me. And this is what I was trying to get them to understand in the book club meeting when they were upset that the black woman wouldn't just quote unquote stand up for herself. Like black women could just be chill and fine if y'all just left us alone. But y'all do not leave black women alone. You feel entitled to their presence, to their thanks, to their their whatever. I mean, are like you 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 feel entitled to being around us or thinking we should be thankful that you like us, that you overtake our moments. And it it happens way too often for me to think that this is a small thing. White people are just very unaware and white passing people who even try to disassociate themselves from being white. When you are white passing, that privilege is still something you have. You need to be aware and you need to chill the fuck out. Stop seeing groups of black people and just jumping in and thinking you should join. And the nigga who came to the event wasn't even invited. He was just a white person in this building who decided, walked by and saw black people and was like, what's popping sisters? Just doing all the colloquialisms and throwing his hands and just, dog, I'm tired. We don't care if y'all are cool and want to say hi, what's up? But when you come and overtake the room and you louder than us and it's about you, like, we created this for us. We don't even know you. Nigga, it's Corona. What are you doing? Wearing a whole panini bread. Why are you here? Woo. See, I don't even need a breastfeed because I just got that off real quick, y'all. Let's start the show. <laughs> so this week, you guys, I'm excited to bring you my hoes in history. Okay? Shout out to Jasmine Sullivan because I'm about to meet her at the hotel. I wanted to bring you guys because it, it is Black History Month, but it's Black History all year for a bitch. I was going to bring you guys like my favorite women in history. Of course, I'm going to call them hoes, but ho is a social construct. Construct. It is the same for me as people saying pimp. Like, oh, y'all bow down to the pimps. Mac Daddy came. Well, all the people that y'all just love to Snoop Dogg. Niggas who run through hoes all the time. Lil Wayne. That's how I feel about my hoes. It don't mean necessarily they ran through a whole bunch of men or they're uh, sexually provocative. It is just women who have been sexually liberated and own their body, own the fact that they are human beings before they are a woman in this construct to, to people in society. They are their own person and they chose the route of owning every bit of that and doing whatever the fuck they wanted. So these is my hoes. These is my bitches. Like... I, hoes is a construct in the fact that anyone can be a hoe. It doesn't matter if I sleep around with anyone. I remember this time in college, I hung out with this dude in college and he, I, I don't know if he was trying to have sex with me, but oh, fuck you, RJ. I'm gonna say his name because fuck you, you hoe ass nigga. Because I'll never forget this big ass rumor being started about me. I hung out with him, nothing happened. And um, so he went around telling people after that that I seemed like the type of bitch who would meet up with a whole bunch of dudes and let them run a train on me. I was like, what? My baby daddy's the one who told me. So I confronted him and he was like, yeah, I said it. And I'm like, you got that because me and you hung out and didn't do anything. He's like, well, you just was super nice. And it's weird to me that we didn't have sex and you were nice. So he called me a hoe. He made up a whole rumor about me and never did I do anything. But that's what I'm talking about. Hoe is a construct. You can do absolutely nothing. If a nigga don't like you because this is such an oppressive world, boom, you're a hoe. So fuck y'all. I'm a hoe. I'm a hoe, I'm a housewife, I'm everything that I want to be, and these my hoes. So, my first hoe in history who, oh my gosh, when I tell you, I had to do some extensive research because page after page after page of this woman was phenomenal. Grace Jones. Dark. 
please, if you don't know who this is, she's a triple threat. She's a legendary supermodel, a prolific actress and disco queen. Literally, like this, this woman is like, when you look her up, she's like very, um, what's the word? Like androgynous. Like she just, she embodies masculinity and femininity so well. Like she's just so, uh, like so non-binary in a time where nobody even knew what the fuck that was. Like it, she's so sexual though. You can still see her and, and she's dark skinned, like the darkest and just beautiful like you see her on the screen and she just looks amazing she's captivating her fashion sense is insane um and she's even like of all those other things that I named she even had an amazing music career she did rock she um she's just really uh I'm sorry y'all just got like lit like a bitch she um was a big advocate for like mental health and she was a um advocate for like LSD she experimented a lot and I'm like if this isn't my bitch I don't know what is um she was close to Andy Warhol just really just if you even look her up she looks like she deserves to be on somebody's wall for the rest of my life she looks amazing I just it's so crazy me never have like looking at the things she worn and just looking in my closet and, and seeing just how much has been uh it's just amazing how many things I've been influenced by her still things that I wear now is like a big influence from her these women that I'm about to name just really open doors but above all my favorite thing about Grace Jones she was banned from Disney for life yes all of the Disney world's Disneyland she was banned why for flashing her titties she flashed her titties when she did a performance and there of course there was kids around and I just was like if this isn't me and my legacy I don't know who else is you know Jordan said fuck them kids so you know might as well flash some titties <laughs> I fuck with you Grace Jones you was one of my favorite hoes in history my second because Grace Jones actually played in a movie with her so perfect segue Eartha Kitt <sighs> There's really not even much to say about Eartha Kid because there's so much to say about Eartha Kid. Even when I say her name, you can just hear her voice. You can hear her as Madame Zeroni and Holes. You can hear her and uh, Boomerang. Marcus, darling. I don't have any panties on. I love her. You can hear her in Emperor's New Groove. Pull the lever, crunk. That's one of my favorite fucking cartoons to this day. I just used to go watch that at, um, at like, movies in the park one time. I, I, I fucking love Emperor's New Groove. She spoke four languages. And, y'all, as much as Eartha Kid was, like, provocative, said whatever came to her mind, you would not have even known that she was blacklisted by the CIA. CIA. Yes, my friends, she went toe-to-toe with the Johnsons um, and even made the first lady... What, what was her name? Lady Bird? Lady Bird Johnson? Who was the Johnson's wife? What kind of name is Lady Bird? Who names her daughter fucking Bird? <sighs> the whites be white. And... Yeah, she made her cry at a, at a dinner table. And and it caused them to be so upset with, with, at what Eartha said. And which was basically just her standing against the war that they were... That, that was happening. And trying to challenge the president and the first lady at the time 
like they only had daughters, but she was like, just think about these are your sons and they went off to war and you birthed them just to to get to a certain age and go die for this country. And Lady Bird did her white woman tears per use and got her blacks listed by the CIA, which almost tanked Eartha Kitt's whole career. But she is a resilient queen. And we even have the the amazing coined uh, phrase from her compromise for what if you go look up her youtube video about her talk on relationships she says the famous quote compromise for what the interviewer asks her if she will ever find a man or how she'll ever get a man if she won't compromise and she goes the fuck off and he's like well do you want a man or do you want to just be in love with yourself and she said i want to fall in love with myself and i want someone to share it with me and i just said hmm There was just a big pause after that because this woman was peak feminism. Just, and the thing is, it was not even like they were pushing for like, oh, feminism is, they were just being so honest about how they felt about themselves. And it was so against this patriarch that wants you to be what they want you to be, to fit a man's needs. And she was not about that life. She said, I'm gonna love me. And if you don't love me and every little bit of me, a relationship is earned. What what should I compromise for? So, <sighs> that's a bad bitch, y'all. Next on the list, who we all know and love, but I just feel like she gets really overlooked and it's she just don't get enough credit for being the baddest, the queen, Lil' Kim, y'all. Kimberly Denise Jones. You know what I didn't know about Kim, Lil' Kim? She's 4'11". I'm like, her and Dee are like the same height. I didn't even know she was that short. But I have seen her in videos with people, and I just thought maybe they were a little tall, but she's actually really short. Lil' Kim is a fucking G. She is an iconic fashion statement to this day. Like, there is still people doing photo shoots that mimic Lil' Kim all the way. Please just take some time out and actually look up her history. I know she's gone through these surgeries, how she looks today. It's one of those Michael Jackson situations. Like the legacy supersedes anything else. Her talent, her work ethic, the things she spit about. She single-handedly flipped gender roles on their fucking head. She started that shit. Like she was one of the first women to ever speak about herself the way men spoke about themselves. Like people don't realize how big of an impact that was. She like black women literally started fucking feminism. Like, we really did. We have been speaking up for ourselves. Been. Even if it was in a quote-unquote sexual way, that's, your body is you. Me speaking up about my body, saying I'm going to use it the way I want to use it, not for these men. Talking about, if you don't want to get with it, I'll fuck fuck your friend. I'll move around on your ass. She opened up women's eyes to know that we can do that. We don't have to spend 50 years on this nigga being beat and, and played. Like, we can fuck around and own every bit of who we are she been speaking about that and yes that gets overshadowed with the sex and provocativeness but if you really dig deep into that that's the reason for the Meg the Stallions and the reason why we are so sexually liberated because for so long we have been told what to do with our bodies that now it's like don't fucking tell me what to do I can do whatever I want to do I'm my own person and the fact that you think that that women were here and raised to be what a man desires, she went with that shit. And above all else, the hardest thing Lil' Kim ever did was 
be harder than the rest of you niggas. She faced 20 years in prison and she took that fucking charge. She only ended up getting one year and a day, but she did not snitch. There was a whole shootout and she did not snitch on her niggas. And most of y'all rat ass, hoe ass niggas would do it. You'll do it. Because I'm telling you, I would do it. I would snitch on you niggas as well. Okay, but I don't pretend to be about that life at all. Nigga, don't fuck around with me. Lil' Kim took the charge because she is that bitch. And I just got to give a a salute because she is a real fucking G. Um, And last but not least, my last old hoe who is just peak, peak real wholeness that I just fucking, I fuck with this bitch. I don't care fuck what no one says. She is completely overlooked and she, she is feminism. Kareem Superhead Steffens. Miss Walk so Z Lori Harvey's of Z World could run. Yes. Superhead really is known for fucking famous niggas and minding her fucking business. That's it. That's it. She went on to write best-selling books. She's a real businesswoman. Now, she started as a quote-unquote video vixen, but really, she was just an actress. She was in movies, uh, dating, not just fucking dating, high-profile men, and y'all niggas didn't like it, and y'all made her out to be a hoe because she could suck some good dick. The fuck? This is why I'm glad I wasn't born in the fucking 70s, (sighs) because... Let me stop, because, you know, one of my daddies may listen to this. Yeah, I got two daddies, so... Woo, y'all don't want to know what my name will be. Super. Anyways, Kareen is like amazing. This girl, if you go listen to any of her interviews, she blatantly says, no man can ever make me feel any way about myself ever. I have lived such an amazing life and done whatever I wanted to do. And the women who couldn't do it or were too afraid to do it or want to judge me for it, judge me for it. And the men who still wanted me judged me for it. She talked about how in all of her relationships, it's always been competition. The men were always jealous of her. They were always in competition, no matter if they were more successful than her. She's like, I have never in my life felt support. And it is the way I feel. You know, I have my friends who support me, but I have never been in a relationship where the man fully supported me and didn't low key start either getting jealous or trying to like control and possess me. And it's amazing because you come to the situation with someone so spiritual and open and you want that. And then you realize how many other people love this person, too. And you're threatened by it. And just listening to her and how super spiritual she is. She's amazing. Her books are good. Her books are not just tell-alls. They're just it's about her life story and what she went through. And she has every fucking right to tell that story. Um, this has been my hoes in, in her story, actually. Let's take a break and we'll come back with my black sheep of the week. And we're back. It's almost three o'clock in the morning, y'all. I do not even know why I'm up recording this late. I have not been able to sleep well. Um, I forgot to name my honorable mentions. You know, I gave y'all my whole honor roll, my honor hose, but my honorable mentions, I forgot to name. Pam Greer, who she is such a huge influence of me of of women who owned just their sexuality and just looked so amazing and 
and spoke up for herself and didn't take no shit. Pam Greer is amazing and she's one of my icons as well as I think it's Tara Hicks. I think her name is. She was Keisha and Belly and she was Jane in the Bronx Tale. But Keisha is like a fucking beauty. She's one of those women that every time she come on the screen, her her skin is so deep. Her face is just so fucking sculpted. She just looks so gorgeous. The framework that they put around her is just like cinematic. The the lights behind it and belly, the colors. She's just so fucking beautiful. But yeah, totally forgot to bring those two up earlier on my hoes in history. But yeah, so I wanted to bring you guys my black sheep of the week. Black, black sheep of the week. Hey, black sheep of the week. <laughs> That's fuck. My black sheep of the week goes to Horace King. He was born in the 1800s. He was alive from September of 1807 to May of 1885. But he was born into slavery and ended up becoming one of the most well-known engineers and bridge builders of all time. Um, he was born... And on a South Carolina plantation, he was sold to a man who saw something special in him. Not going to read his owner's name because I'm not even going to give credit to a white man who who felt like he had a good Negro. But um, he built bridges, warehouses, homes, churches, and he defied all the depths of racism. So the fact that, you know, this man was born to slavery, earned his freedom and then went on to build all of these uh, bridges, places that are still here today. It's literally the definition of our ancestors built this fucking place. And not only that, but he ended up on the, um, this, wait, let me see here. I thought he was a house of representative. Oh yeah. He was a legislator in the state of Alabama. Um, he's known as Horace, the the bridge builder King and the Prince of bridge builders. And he also served the community in many important civic capacities. So shout out to you, Horace King. I'm, I'm, you guys, I'm so damn tired. So I'm literally about to try to wrap this up. But <laughs> I wanted to give a, a special shout out to him and just let all our ancestors know that we haven't forgotten all the things that you've done, overcame and accomplished. And it gives us power in knowing that we can do the same. What an amazing man. Um... So I'm just going to wrap this episode up and talk about what I have been watching. Um, I started Community because Jen told me to. And it is funny and racist as fuck. Like I cannot. I be literally in my room like hysterically laughing while not trying to wake up uh, my daughter that's sleeping next to me. I be dying. It's so fucking funny. Donald Glover and... What is the dude's name? I don't even know. The the Indian guy in the, in the show is fucking hilarious. They just kill me. And <laughs> the white man is... It's just good. It's good. Jen was right about every part of it. I also watched this show called Bell Collective with my mom. And it was... It was amazing because I love Mississippi. Shout out to Dee's cousin, Kiki. I love her. She's one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. She country as fuck. I love their accent. And she's super like... One thing about Dee and her family, they like hood rich. Like they 
hood, but super like put together and just smell good all the time, look good all the time. It's just like, that's why I hate the correlation of like hood being like something wrong with it. Nah, bitch, we just hood. We just ghetto. But uh, her cousin, anyways, from Mississippi, and I'm obsessed with her accent. And they got a whole episode about these women who basically just sophisticated rich in Mississippi. And one of the women, I, I had to touch on this because her son got one of the women, her son is, I don't know, 19 or something, got three baby mamas and all the kids is under woman, woman, all of the kids, is, they all under woman, they all under one, made by three different women. And the mama, his mama is taking care of all of them. So that's not even the bad part. The bad part is that she has basically, you know, she said she spoiled her son. She just always gave them what they want because she didn't have a good parents and uh, her mom wasn't good to her. And so her son decides to take all that privilege he has been bestowed and get mad at his mama because she didn't want him to move away and go to college while he had three children to take care of. She wanted him to think about his children and try to take care of him so she wouldn't be responsible. He wanted to just get the fuck away from all of it and go do his thing. He got so mad at her, he cussed her the fuck out, almost hit her, and punched three holes in her wall. Boom, did one, walked off, boom, boom, did two more. Still not the worst part. The worst part about this is that they spent the episode, they all met up, brought him to the house, and they spent the episode explaining, she spent the episode explaining why she didn't mean to piss him off and that's not where she was coming from. Instead of spending the episode talking about how this nigga punched holes in the wall, almost beat the fuck out of his mama and cussed her the fuck out. It just goes to show that like this world is constructed for male privilege and dominance so much that like sometimes and most of the time men see women as tools in their life. Like they see the women in their life as like sexual tools so that they can get what they want. They see their moms as tools that they just can get what they want from. They don't actually be respecting their mothers because they're still women to them. And she still feels like it's a little bit her fault for spoiling him. No, because even if she was a girl and she spoiled her, this girl ain't going to charge you up, almost punch you in the face and punch three holes in the wall. No. While you're fearing for your life. No, you probably would have busted upside of her fucking head. Or she would have been in her place knowing she wouldn't step to her mama like that. Because in Southern culture, girls always have to respect their parents so much. And boys can just run amok while the mama will spoon feed the fuck out of them and be like, oh, what else you want? Like, and then they treat their wives the same way. So I'm going to do a whole episode on the fucking gender bender fucking crisis in this world. But I just want to talk about the fact that I saw that show and I cannot watch it anymore because... The, they even brought a counselor in. The counselor basically told her, don't record him no more. That's when you broke trust by recording him. Didn't even talk about the fact. It told him that it was hard for him to be a man and he going to have to just try to control himself. I just can't. I th- got my book. I closed it. I just, I could not. I can't do it with these niggas. So that's what I've been watching. I watched Soul. I don't know if I talked about that last week. I watched Soul. So good. It talked about not, um... Not just finding your purpose on on life, but just knowing that your purpose is just fucking living. Which brings me to my party favors. Y'all, be in your own little world. Like, even if you think the world is burning around you, everything is going to shit. Try your best to be in your own little world. I also forgot honorable mention to Chloe earlier because she is... Chloe Bailey is finally owning, owning her sexuality, which I talked about last week. And getting so much shit for it and I just want everyone to try a little bit to be in their own little world like 
If you want a burger, bitch, eat a burger. If you want a hoe, bitch, be a hoe. Be a sexually liberated feminist as non-society conforming as hoe. Okay? Do what you do. I have this good friend, cool ass black dude. His name is Jerome. And he's so fucking positive, you guys. I wrote him and asked him, like, how do you just keep it together and remain so calm when the world is burning? And I'm going to leave you guys with the clip that he sent me and what he said back because I enjoyed it so much. I love his voice and just he's always fucking happy. Like, no front, no fake, no cap, none of that. He's just like really fucking happy. I actually I actually saw him at the skating rink and didn't know it was him because everyone is wearing masks. And I was just talking to Dee about him, like, look at this dude. He's skating and then also he would just sit down and meditate and just look so happy. He was in his own fucking world. And you just you, you guys, you gotta hear it. All right, get the fuck out of my face. Peace. Such an interesting question, yeah. How do I remain calm uh, with the world burning? I guess it's because in my perception, uh, the world is not burning around me. I don't know. You know, they say like, when you look at somebody and you say, oh, they're in their own world, you know, she's in her own world or he's in his own world, you know, yeah, that's true. Your mentality creates your reality. Literally, literally, like full stop, period. Uh, that's what I believe. So, you know, when um, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And yeah, not that I'm not realistic or that bad things don't happen, but I choose to, to see the good. <laughs>